This is the Sportzilla Show. Hey, better, better, better. Hey, better swing. Better. The Sportzilla Show. Is it George's box? And- Rain and Matt. He's coming back. Oh, my good, goodness gracious. Of all the dramatic things. Derek Jeter. Of all the dramatic things I've ever seen. Rain and Matt. Now the first thing about baseball. It's the Sportzilla Show. Standing right in George Steinbrenner's box, announcing the Sportzilla Show. Is back. ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Welcome to the Sportzilla Show. Good afternoon. All guests will appear on the Burdick Toyota guest line. We will be joined by Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports to talk about the NBA and the deal. It's done, glue guy. I feel great about this. Same. We finally got sports back. I'm, I'm hyped. I'm amped. I'm psyched. I'm pumped. I'm jacked up. I am happy. Is the NHL next? E, yeah, it's got to be, right? I mean, I think... It's not MLB. They're on a similar time frame, and it seems like MLB has dropped the ball. Swing and a mish, I think is what they call that. Yeah, that's not... Just a bit outside. MLB... I've got some words from Jeff Passan. We'll get to with that, I promise. Enable the ESPN Syracuse skill and then open or play it with a voice command. You have an Amazon Alexa device that is one way to listen to. And I'll quote Brent Axe, who will be on the block blockheads at 4 o'clock. And by the way, he wrote a great piece on Dino Babers yes. uh, earlier today, which we'll discuss. Uh, but uh, how, how does he phrase that on the program? Or if you want to listen to the program, right? He calls it the program because he has a program. We just talk about sports for an hour. I wouldn't call this a program. It's just it, the Sportzilla Show. It, well, is, it is what it is. No, it's no longer the Sportzilla Show. It's the Some Sportzilla Show. Yeah, it went from the Sportzilla Show to the No Sportzilla Show because there was no sports. But now we've seen some athletic endeavors phased back in or starting to phase back in or the plans are agreed upon and in place so it's the Sum Sportzilla show. There we go. There's a little bit of sports out there. We can talk about that. So, yeah, you can listen to ESPNSyracuse.com if that's another option, uh, or that is another option, ESPN app in the regional tab. Just go there. Look for the Syracuse market on sports or on social media, on Twitter specifically at ESPN Sportzilla. You can like the Sportzilla show on Facebook if you like the Sportzilla show. We appreciate you listening and taking time with us every afternoon. Now, our podcasts are available at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And last but not least, SoundCloud. We put them in our social media feeds to give a listen if you're not doing it live. Uh, but I, I just do have to start out with the fact that tomorrow is the virtual Taste of Syracuse. Right on the Taste of Syracuse Facebook page, tasteofsyracuse.com, you can get information there. Also, starts at 6 p.m. both days, tomorrow and on Saturday. Tons going on, including music, a live, sort of. Yes. Present, sort of. Local. National, Blast from the Past, it's all in there. There's some great kind of contesting. There's there's like a, a Top Chef recipe thing. You're going to have a blast, I'm telling you. If Taste of Syracuse is an annual event for you, and it seems like the entire city is there for two days. You're going to like it. We've got to do it this way this year to get through and hope to have it back in, I guess, normal. New normal? Next normal, year? Normal, just Normal. Dr. Anthony Fauci expects the U.S. is going to have 100 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine before the end of the year. Fingers crossed. That's a great best-case scenario you were here in 18 months. If you want things to get back to what was, I guess, normal before life stopped as we know it a couple of months ago, well, that has to happen. 
and and I'm hoping that it does. That's earlier than expected. Also, I mentioned yesterday, cash tolls in the New York Thruway are starting to resume, amongst so many other things, as we are in Phase 2 of our reopening. Even when we get to Phase 4, we're still going to have to socially distance, Correct. wash our hands, sanitize, yep. wear the masks. Uh, but we'll get where we want to be. Everybody's just got to be on board with this. We've all got to come together. That's a blanket statement, an evergreen statement uh, based on everything everything in the world today, uh, which we have to address because you can't stick to sports because what's happening out there across cities, across this country, has infiltrated the sports world. And it's important. And it's a righteous endeavor. And we have to support that. You know, it's funny. I I don't normally disclose super personal things, but my sister is married to an African-American woman. And they have a child. And they live in Long Island. And her name is Garrett. And my sister's wife's name is Garrett. And she went out with her sister and they peacefully protested today on Long Island. Nice. And she told me she was going yesterday. I have been in constant contact with her for the past nine or ten days. Good. Supporting her, letting her know I stand by her, I am with her. It, it is funny because of the way I was raised. It's just I've never seen color as long as they've been together. And... I just wanted her to know that I was there with her today. And I've been going back and forth, uh, you know, texting with her and supporting her. Unbeknownst to my sister, actually, because it's not about that. It was just about Garrett is family. Correct. Period. And and that's it. And and I love her. And uh, they went went out this morning for a few hours and returned home safely. And it just, it made me... Proud? uh, No, uh, uh, grateful. Honestly, because that that's really because I would have been devastated if anything happened to her and to know that she went out, her voice was heard and she then returned home safely to my sister and their child together. I just I felt relieved and I just got that news right before we got out of the air. Awesome. Uh, and, And also more than anything, she did a lot of the talking. She did most of the talking because still being understanding I don't know what it's like to walk in her shoes for her entire existence just simply because she was born with a certain skin tone. So I said, I, w- I want to hear what you have to say. I want you to tell me your feelings. Yep. So as I've said a few times over the past few days, it's about starting on the micro level. And I, I just listened and I started with me and, and I feel, hey, it's necessary to pass that along. And that is the conversation. And I bring this up because on my micro level, that is the conversation that is happening out there in the world on the macro level, on sports uh, sports outlets such as ESPN Radio, television, and all platforms, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're having it, it's about people. They got to come together, and, and you got to you got to do right by others, and you got to listen, and, and you got to empathize, and and as you were just saying, educate yourself or be educated by someone, and be willing to listen, be willing to have an open mind, and perhaps change your mind that maybe your beliefs. We're wrong. How about that? Is that fair? Hey, people are wrong. Is is hey, we all make mistakes. Uh, we can correct the the error of our ways. I suppose that's a, a fair statement. Uh, outdoor dining is going to be allowed starting today. Awesome, which is absolutely awesome. But I, I guess uh, that's one place you can go and have a conversation. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Have a, have a meal. I see what you did there. And and listen, you know what I'm saying? I do. There's easy ways to do this, simple ways to do this, and it all adds to the big picture, which is what we want, which is, hey, 
it's America, and we are all created equal. We all have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of, you, you understand, soapbox done. But I just wanted to let everybody know I, I practice what I preach, so I'm, I'm trying to not come off as, as hypocritical. But damn, Drew Brees got called out, didn't he? He got called out by teammates, got called out by former players, got called out by Hall of Fame players and Ed Reed, also got called out by LeBron James. Sure did. LeBron James, his statement, wow, man, is it still surprising at this point? Sure is, and you literally still don't understand why Cap was kneeling on one knee. has absolutely nothing to do with the disrespect of the American flag and our soldiers and men and women, of course, serving in the armed forces who keep our land free. That's and he he's not wrong. He responded quickly. Uh, the original statement by Drew Brees. Uh, I think I have that here. Yeah, I do. I'm going to give you the sound. This is what Drew Brees said. In case you haven't actually heard it, I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears. That's what he said. Can we just say, where did this come from? Like, we weren't talking about kneeling for the flag. He has he has since apologized. I have also seen uh, certain players and others have accepted the apology. Some are trying to heal and move on. Others are quite angry. Others have take, taken it as a teachable moment. Uh, some have said that his apology was not really authentic and heartfelt. Um, I, yeah, it's... Listen to it. Think about it for yourself. Have discussions. Have dialogue about this and and maybe open your mind and learn something from it. I've seen multiple people say he's apologizing because of the backlash, not because he's actually sincere about the apology. Well, and to your point, exactly. I can share some of that. This is the conversation dominating the sports world right now. It's not a stick to sports thing. It's a humanity thing. Dominique Foxworth a little bit earlier on ESPN. He also was flat wrong. So some people are defending him by saying, and you'll see this in the comments, a lot of people are defending him by saying, he's just voicing his opinion. No, he is not. What he is saying is not a fact because the things that the people, his relatives or anyone who was in the military died for or fought for was the ability to protest. So how can anybody say that what's happening if someone's taking a knee during the flag is somehow disrespecting the flag? No, it is the opposite. It is calling the country to live up to the ideals it says that it represents. So like, it's not about his opinion. It's about being wrong about what America is supposed to be. Discussing some of the reaction to the statement made by Drew Brees yesterday, the apology that has since followed... Oh, doing that right here on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. My name is Rain, the glue guy. Matt is in here with me. Diana Rossini said about this, here's one thing I know about the Saints as a team top to bottom. They're very, very strong in the locker room. Could be a difficult space and or conversation, but this could also make them stronger as a group. We should all be rooting for education, honesty, and reflection, and you have to assume when possible on a macro level, the team gets together and they all address this in the same room, in the locker room. But in the meantime, I'm sure Drew Brees has spent a lot of time either on Zoom meetings with his teammates, on the phone, texting, conversating, 
and reevaluating his statement because his even his teammates are some that have been very vocal. One and, in which Malcolm Jenkins, defensive back, he put out a couple videos, probably five minutes each in length, just talking about how insincere that comment was that he made about the flag and how he should not be thinking that way. Steven Jackson, who has been supporting George Floyd's daughter, made a statement on Instagram with a lot of swears in it. Uh, tough to air. I have a portion of it. I'm kind of contemplating whether I want to get to that as far as some of the sound, but I'm sure Do it. you're following along. You've seen this. Actually, I, I want to share the words last night on ESPN Radio of Freddie Coleman, who said teammates should have called him those that aired their grievances in in a public forum, as some did. Uh, But this is what Freddie Coleman had to say about that. I think his voice will resonate a little bit better on mine, being that he understands what it's like to be in the shoes of the African-American community because he is. I wish plenty of Saints players would have addressed him personally, called him on the phone, and not just clapped back at him on social media, whether it's Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, et cetera, et cetera. They decided to do that. I get it. That's the day and age we live in. But I think that would have been better for them to address in person on the phone and say, dude, what the blank or whatever they wanted to say about that. If you're going to be about team and unity, we have to expect that there are going to be missteps. Not everybody is going to be perfect. I don't care what kind of team you are, but I think certain things like this, that if you're going to address a person on your team, you do it not on social media. I'm saying, look, I need to talk to him personally, and I'm going to call that guy on the phone. That's how you handle something like this that is completely blown up. Wow. I don't know. His comments were in the public. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Listen, absorb the information. Think it through. That's all I can say. I'll reserve to let their all of their comments stand on their own. I'm not going to tell anybody what they can believe. I guess that's part of this is America. I might not agree. I might disagree, but everybody has the right. It's America to think what they want. I suppose you can say what you want, but you have to deal with the repercussions of the words that you say. And and if they're hateful or irresponsible or insensitive, you're going to hear back about it. Tony Dungy uh, basically uh, telling you what is different about this discussion than it was four years ago. He'll add to it. Four years ago, the discussion was on the flag and it was on the national anthem. And now we've come to understand that that never was the narrative. The narrative was directed that way, but uh, we, we understand better what this is all about. So now when you come out and say that it is different because uh, people understand that this whole movement, peaceful protest was about making some positive changes in our society. It wasn't about disrespecting the flag. The three other police officers involved in George Floyd's death have now all been charged. Derek Chauvin, the one who kneeled on the back of his neck, has been his charge has been upgraded to second degree murder. Wow, there's a, a lot going on in the yes, world. There is. There's a lot going on in the world. That's all I can say. I want to give you a couple of more lighthearted things before we go to a break and we get on to the Burdick Toyota guest line. And we talked to Jack Perrin and then around 3.30, Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic because there's quite a bit happening in the world of Syracuse basketball that I would love to discuss with him, and we will. But 77% of dog owners nationwide have said that with the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic that we are still phasing back into life with in Phase 2, that walking their dogs has been the highlight of their day. 
the unconditional love, the, the just escape from everything else. It gets you outside, and you almost look forward to that. Hey, I normally walk the dog around the block. You know what? I'm taking the dog for a little bit longer walk just for some peace of mind and tranquility. And everyone's stuck in the house, so just being out of the house is probably a good thing, too. Uh, the 77% of dog owners that walk their dog, well, I should say the flip side of that, the 23% that don't walk their dog and look forward to that, it's because somebody else walked their dog for them that day. And uh, perhaps, I, I have to fathom, there's nothing better than... Or they don't a, have a dog. Or they don't have, maybe they don't have a dog. Well, it says 7%, 77% of dog owners. Maybe, hmm. Do they also have to spend some time with the cat and they didn't want to anger the cat by leaving with the dog? Or do they just hook them out in the backyard? Good. Or, or your your dog goes out by itself and doesn't run away. That's true. That's also a possibility. Uh, we've got some friends to talk to next on the phone, so we'll do that. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 Sports Hill Show. Right back. Shopping for quality used parts, price right? Stop by Route 34, you pull them auto parts and recycling. Route 34 Auburn, formerly Pick and Pull of Auburn. They still have over 1,500 cars with the latest inventory updated weekly, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit Route34UPullem.com and find your metal. In these times of need, Dunn Tire is here for you. DunnTire.com. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to The Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio, Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Now on the Burdick Toyota guest line, it's time to have an NBA conversation because it's huge news. Of course, we let you know we'd be joined by Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports. He's out of Chicago, and I'm sure he's very excited. A 29-to-1 vote. The NBA's Board of Governors has voted to approve the league's 22-team format, restarting the 2019-2020 season in Orlando. Some of the basics, training camp June 30th through, uh, excuse me, June 30th, July 7th, they travel to Orlando. Uh, 2019 season starts July 31st. Free agency is on October 18th now. 2021 targets of November 10th training camp, a December 1st opening night. They're already looking forward in the plans in place for next season. So, wow. I mean, it's kind of crazy if you look at all this and and they break this down. Yeah, the lottery uh, is August 25th and the draft is October 15th. So you're going to go three days after the possible last game of the NBA Finals. On the 12th and then you've got the draft and then... Really quick, you're going to get into free agency, and then before say, you, they don't have a plan for that, do they? Before you know it, they're going to have to get that out. And before you know it, it's going to be the start of the next season because, of course, they want to get back and make sure, as you said, glue guy and others, that they want the full day on Christmas of NBA games from noon until the late game on the West Coast. Jack, how hyped are you for the NBA to return with all of that having been laid out? Well, what I love about it is that it's it's more likely doable than, say, what the NFL is talking about right now, where you're kind of wondering what's going to happen with the NFL. You know, are they going to have fans, you know, fans in the stadiums or not? Whereas this is a plan, um, or whether they're going to have games or not. Whereas in this is a plan that's taking into account everything that's going on and assuming there's not going to be fans. And they put it in one place so the teams don't have to travel. So what I particularly like about it is this is happening. You know, one way or the other. Uh, there's going to be, I think, a lot of weirdness that ends up happening with it. It's obviously new. It's something that we've never done before. But what I particularly like is this is something you can look forward to as a sports fan as opposed to still 
in the other sports right now, we're still looking at an unknown, even if, you know, there's the, you know, NFL is very confident that they'll have their season, but at this point, I still think it's up in the air. So I enjoy that. Now, if the NFL does go, you know, stay on schedule, we're going to have a very interesting overlap between NBA and NFL, which I'm also particularly looking forward to if it all works out. I agree with you, Jack. And obviously there's going to be 22 teams uh, coming back, and they're going to be playing uh, eight regular season games before they get into the playoffs. How do you foresee all of this playing out? Do you foresee, you know, do you see a lot of seed movements happening, especially in the West when teams are really close in uh, standings? I don't see a lot of changes. I mean, I certainly think your number one seeds look fairly well locked in. Uh, probably you could even go so far as to say the first three or four are probably not going to change too much. Uh, maybe the Jazz and Thunder uh, flip-flop. Obviously the Rockets could actually move up too uh, if you're just looking at the spreads of the, the numbers. As far as the the play, the teams outside the eight, well, obviously it's better to be in the Eastern Conference. You only have to be the Wizards trying to get in uh, because the Western Conference were just, I think, overall stronger as a conference. Um, but... In all fairness, I mean, if you look at the records of Spurs and Suns, and yes, they only have to come within four games to get into that play, two-game playoff. Um, but let's face it, they're six out. Um, I think basically you could probably write it in ink right now that the Spurs playoff streak is coming to an end. Imagine that. Wow. It's a long time. You would never have even yeah. thought of that statement, let alone make that statement. 13 teams at the Western Conference, Jack, nine out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think it's going to come down to some of the expected that are going to be in the conversation when it's all said and done, and it's going to come at you fast, too. That's the other thing. Without the travel, it's it's just going to be fast and furious. And I still wonder, as we get closer to these dates, if a few players on these 22 total teams that were invited to participate, if you see a couple of guys maybe back out, get get cold feet and go, you know, I've thought about this more, but as it gets closer, you can get a little bit nervous about the situation and health. You don't know how the COVID-19 pandemic is going to play out. Numbers keep dropping, but there's still there's still a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people dying. Um, you, with the unrest in the country, people do travel. Uh, this is a very contagious disease, and I know they're isolated, but still there's concerns and you have to think about all these things. Will the numbers spike back up? Will that come into play? What's happening today, as we've seen, the world can change in an instant. I don't know if you have any of those concerns. Yeah, yeah certainly have those concerns. And I mean, those are individual concerns that players might have. And, you know, if I think the older the player, maybe the less relevant, I mean, um, of the, the less relevant the player is on a particular team or maybe the less relevant that the team is, um, I wouldn't be shocked to see one or two players say, you know what, I'm 11th, 12th on the, uh, you know, seating chart here. I'm going to sit this out. Um, you know, Vince Carter is not going to be in the playoffs. It looks like his 22-year um, yeah. career is coming to an end. Um, but I could see someone like Vince Carter saying, let's just say they expanded it and the Hawks were still in it where they looked very unlikely to, you know, jump up within that top eight. I could see a player like him, although I, I, on the flip side, I could see a player like him saying, you know what, this is my last go-around and we're going to play. But um, I certainly could understand that. And, you know, the chances are there's going to be a couple of players that may feel that way. I mean, I, I think that the biggest unknown that we don't know about at this point is, well, first off, you could always say which teams are 
in shape. Uh, players are pretty good about off-season training these days, so hopefully we shouldn't see a lot of hamstring injuries and things. Sometimes you see when players are out of shape. But I think that the biggest unknown, really, as we face this, is what if a player gets sick of COVID and they have to quarantine for 14 days? It's probably not the end of the world for, say, the Lakers if LeBron tested right away during the eight games, which are basically going to be like practice games to get back into game shape for teams like the Lakers. Um, but what if um, right in the middle of the playoff run, one of the major stars on a major team, you know, Giannis, LeBron, you know, any, you know, the members of the Clippers, for instance, I mean, it wouldn't take, you know, only a couple of their stars could get knocked out. Not to mention that one player could get hurt, uh, get sick from COVID. Let's face it, the team could get decimated within days. You know, you could be looking at suddenly a squad full of, uh, this is a guaranteed win in the playoffs, and suddenly they're losing three stars within a week. And, you know, that, that I think could change some of these outcomes. And, you know, let's, I do think that they're going to do their best. They're approaching it intelligently and they're looking at testing each and every day of yeah. these players and they're going to keep them isolated. Staff are not supposed to even be visiting these players. So, you know, I do think, um, I, I trust Adam Silver in really thinking this through and I, I like the plan and I hopefully it does protect the players and, you know, that's, to me, the worst thing would be, you know, a whole team gets sick or half a team gets sick within a few days right in the middle of the playoffs. So with all that being said, trying to anticipate whether a team gets coronavirus or not, who do you expect you'll see in the NBA Finals? <laughs> well, I'm not going to predict who I see is going to get uh, the coronavirus, but uh, as far as the Finals, I mean, I think this heavily weighs towards the favorites already. I, I really do. I, I think now that being said, the one other wild card in here, let's take just illnesses out and injuries and out of shapeness out of it. There's no real home court advantage here. So the one advantage that say an up and coming team, not really up and coming in a sense, but one that's maybe underachieved during the regular season, i.e. say the 76ers, it might have been because of some injuries, or even the Celtics, which are, I think, an experienced team that were experiencing some injuries. Suddenly, they're not faced with having to play the Bucks away, really. They're playing them at home. So, I mean, I think that statistics probably prove it out that you're looking at a Bucks lakers final. Um, but I think in all fairness, I think you're probably, you know, I think the Celtics could sneak in there. Uh, certainly the Clippers could. You know, even a team like the Nuggets, which, you know, isn't really that far back, and, you know, they really suffered from a lack of playoff experience last year, which they now have more of. But, again, it's really going to be how these teams gel together in these eight games. And, you know, if they can find their rhythm and their game, you know, their game shape, I think that's really going to determine the winner at the end of the day. Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports, helping us welcome back the NBA on the Burdick Toyota Guest Line here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 with the Sports Silla Show. Man, they targeted in training camp July 9th and 11th, till the 11th, the 1920 season, the 31st to the 12th, the lottery, the 25th for the draft, the draft itself October 15th after what would be the seventh game of the NBA Finals. If it goes that far, free agency October 18th, 2021 training camp November 10th, and the 2021 season, next season starts December 1st. This is just so surreal, so different. But I'm looking forward to it. 22 teams 
are going to get after it. We'll keep talking basketball with Matthew Gutierrez from The Athletic next, except the subject switch to college and the Qs. Hang on. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We're back on the Burdick Toyota guest line, welcoming on the phones Matthew Gutierrez, frequent guest and contributor to the SportsZilla Show here on ESPN Radio. I'm glad to have you back in here, and I'm grateful not only to you who provides so much constant content about Syracuse Orange basketball, but it seems like it's been a busy week. Is it just me? No, it's been a very busy week. There's a lot to talk about. I even, if we have some time, I mean, everybody's aware of the football team and athletes being allowed. It's primarily going to be the football team, but athletes can voluntarily return on Monday to campus, but... I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Six o'clock yesterday, Frank Anselm commits to Syracuse, passing over a lot of other offers, and there is a lot to unpack with him. A four-star recruit, you know, and, and it could go a few ways. You've mentioned it. Maybe redshirt a season. Maybe you work your butt off and you play your way into the lineup as a freshman. Uh, maybe you're a project for the first year based on other guys on the roster that are going to get their time. Where does it go from here for Frank Anselm, Matthew Gutierrez? Yeah, pretty good addition for, for Syracuse late in the 2020 class. Only had two people before that in Kadari Richmond at guard and Woody Newton at forward, two other four-star, uh, players. And this, you know, this bumps up Syracuse's class to, uh, top 40 now in the country, mm-hmm. which is, you know, not outstanding, but certainly respectable, about on par with the average they've had the last 10 years. Uh, yeah, Frank probably, you know, might be looking at a redshirt year. Uh, it's probably a going to be between him and, and Jesse Edwards for that spot as redshirt. Either way, I think he's a long-term, probably projects as a starter at the at the five, could play the four a little bit, especially earlier, uh, fills out a little bit, probably looking at the five if he can show he's mobile. And, again, the five has so much responsibility in the zone, but he can carve out some minutes for sure. As we know from, from what we've learned from Bayheim, right, if you're – bigger guy who can rebound and defend in the zone, you're going to earn some minutes, so then any points would be uh, just an added bonus. Did you see, and did we ask you uh, the last time we talked about Elijah projected to the Lakers late in the first round? And if not, I'll have a comment on that. I want to throw a couple other quick things on. on I think you. the last to him, he was projected to go to the Toronto Raptors, not the Lakers. It, so yeah, I just saw something a couple of days ago, within the last couple of days, they're projecting late first round, and, and the Lakers and LeBron is where Elijah could end up. Also, uh, he, he was vocal in Beacon, his hometown, uh, as far as getting out there and protesting peacefully. And then I want to just unpack a couple of other things and, and let you give me a, a nice uh, nice long thought on it. But Dante Green on DeBayheim's Army, a great addition, and a couple thoughts on Quincy's surgery and, and how that might affect him going forward. Uh, there's a few things to, to tell us about. Yeah, with Elijah Hughes, have seen him popping up late first round, early second, you know, probably mid-second would be the at worst-case scenario. Uh, wouldn't be surprised either way. I think it's just going to depend on the those first, you know, 20, 25 picks. I know this is kind of a, a compound answer, but it's just really going to depend on those earlier picks, who goes where and what team wants that, that three-point kind of wing guy who can come in and, and shoot the ball. That's what Elijah Hughes is going to bring. I think teams really focus on, on strengths rather than focusing on weaknesses when they – Analyze, and that's coming from scouts, and I think they've said that with Elijah. What they see is a is a great shooter. So, if there's a 
a team that, that wants to add in. Uh, he'll probably spend a little time in the G League and then, and then play right, play in the NBA as a, as a three-point shooter in the wing. A lot of teams love that, right, in today's game. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And, yeah, just bouncing around. He was great with, with the protests. Uh, he had shared it yesterday on Twitter, I think, the past couple of days. Not only has he protested, but he's been a leader in a way. He's spoken out. Uh, he was in the middle of a, a circle in Newburgh, which is near his hometown of Beacon, right on the Hudson River. Uh, downstate from Syracuse a couple hours, and he spoke about how he was eligible to vote the past couple of years. He was of voting age, but he did not vote, and how he regretted that. This is not just national, you know, federal elections, but uh, just local elections, and he's now going to be a voter, him and his friends, and that's something he's, he's said he's learned from this. So he got a nice round of applause during the protests uh, down in Newburgh, and he's, I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to, to be outspoken about it, both on social media and with the protests, yeah, and with the, switching over to Dante Green, great addition for Beheim's Army, uh, another former professional on the team. Uh, he's gonna, you know, bigger, bigger guy. Obviously, Syracuse fans who have been around a little bit know him quite well, and good addition at some size. Him and Tyler Lydon now inside uh, got some good guard play with Devo, and um, you know, even throw Demetrius Nichols kind of as the guard forward. Uh, John Gillen in there, so some some good. Uh, Front court and back court presence for them, and you know, looks like we're going to get Bayheim's army in some fashion in a uh, basically a quarantined uh, environment. It won't be the kind of regional setup that we're used to, uh, so that might be a little bit later too in August. But it's basketball, and it's going to be, I think, more, more watched for that reason this summer. And then, yeah, with Quincy, uh, what we know is just you know minor surgery there. Uh, he seems to be doing okay, and based on his social media posts, should only be out for a few weeks. Pretty good timing, right? He's doing this, you know, June first, doing it early June, and so he'll be uh, out of workouts for June and, and back to uh, basketball in July, right around when presumably uh, Syracuse basketball players will will go to the Mellow Center and begin workouts about a month or so after football players can can do that. With the NBA draft being pushed back from usually June to now, it's going to be October fifteenth. Do you think that's going to hurt? or help Elijah Hughes' stock, or is not going to affect it at all? It's tough to say at this point. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, any workouts and combine and, and interviews he has. I think that's the most important thing for him. If he can get some of that and really get in the gym in front of teams in, in some capacity, we don't know what it's going to look like this year. It's obviously not the same. Uh, you know, a Chicago uh, combine like it normally is would have already passed now. So in May, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully, for if you're Elijah Hughes, you're able to get on the court and show what you can do in front of teams. Show you're more than a three point shooter. Show some more consistency with your shot. Maybe finish a little bit more inside. Something he said he needs to work on and his ball handling as well, which he has. One thing he's at, has been able to do despite closed gyms in New York, you know, is, is actually dribble the ball. Right, you have. Plenty of time to do that in the driveway. Weather's warming up, uh, so yeah, I think I think Elijah could boost his stock with workouts in front of teams. Otherwise, I don't know how much this would impact him at all. Matthew Gutierrez from the Athletic with us here to talk Hughes basketball on ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one to Sports Illustrated Show. And with the news having broken that on Monday that they're going to let the players in groups of ten in the pods, uh, primarily going to be football players, as we've alluded to. Uh, that brings Dino Babers into the conversation. And 
our, our co-worker, Brent X, on the block at 4 o'clock, and I know you've joined X before, uh, put out an article earlier today talking about how with seeing a lot of college coaches and a lot in this, a lot of players, coaches, whatever, in the sports world in general, having put out statements dealing with the current circumstances of, of the world we live, um, no Babers statement quite yet, unless I've missed something in the last few minutes. I don't know if you read that. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. I don't know if you have any background on that or uh, what you care to say. Yeah, I did read that. You know, Brent does a great job in his his columns and on air. You know, I think it's a it's a good point, fair point by Brent. Um, at the same time, totally obviously, Dino's uh, choice to to speak or not, given he's you know as Brent noted, they're one of um, thirteen African American mm-hmm. coaches at the FBS level, which is obviously low, been low. Yep, uh, a couple of rules have been implied that have not change that uh again one of many issues in in you know diversity and leadership in general but it's probably amplified it is amplified not probably it is amplified at, at, uh, in college sports and even professional sports right with with uh coaches and gms and, and owners it's not even um close so uh you know dino hasn't spoken out on issues at all since he arrived at syracuse i think one of the only times he's even spoken about being, you know, the one of 13, one of 14, depending on the year, uh, one of 14, one of 13 African-American coaches was when he was hired uh, in the Q&A with Sports Illustrated. He basically just talked about, uh, I think his quote was to the effect of, I woke up today and I was black. I woke up, you know, every day. That's just who I am. It's not going to change. It's I don't have much. He didn't put other, other thought into it other than that's just how he has always been, right, of course. So um, didn't have a ton of insight, hasn't. That's totally his uh, call, his choice, his judgment. Uh, I think, you know, at the same time, now would probably be an opportune time, not just for him, but for a lot of people who have been on the quieter or silent side for these types of issues to to uh, speak up. And I think part of, the, part of the point there, too, which I agree with uh, that Brent was coming from, is, you know, Syracuse only issued the short, uh, very – broad statement uh, earlier this week. It, it did not address uh, racism or police brutality. Uh, probably could have been written, you know, five years ago on any random day and it would have, would have rung, you know, wouldn't have changed, right? Yeah, it would I have agree. Been the same, same thing. It wasn't specific. Uh, no, no, no real action or, or anything. It was just a lot of nothing. Um, and that's not just Syracuse. It's been a lot of uh, teams and corporations in their statements. So I think because of that, there's an opportunity for individuals to, to speak up, you know, being one of them. To amplify that narrative a little bit. Tomorrow we're going to find out where Jalen Carey, former Syracuse player, goes. But in the meantime, thank you for your words and contributions again today. Matthew Gutierrez with The Athletic. Um, make sure if you get a chance to subscribe or if you happen to. They've got some great deals right now, but you read his work if you're a Syracuse basketball fan. Be right back on the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. i got a couple things to say about Major League Baseball. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Basically, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, I it kind of feels like it's the owners with their billions writing the paychecks to the players. And if, since they've already taken a pay cut, they agree to give the players a little bit more, we could get something done. But instead, it's just it's just locked, frozen in place. Nothing's happening. But the league and Major League Baseball, the Players Association specifically, have no leverage over each other. So here we are. So Jeff Pass. 
I, I mean, MLB seems to think so, and its owners seem to think so. You know, one owner this week said, we're going to play baseball. And I think his perspective was more like, okay, if the union doesn't come to play here, we're just going to tell them this is what you have to do. We're going to set a schedule, and you're going to abide by it. And in truth, Scott, there's nothing that the union can do about that in terms of, say, a strike. No. Can't do it. It would be an illegal strike. It would be against the collective bargaining agreement. It would be overturned immediately. Individual players going and saying, I'm not going to do this. If, if I was scheduled to make $563,500, the league minimum this year, you already cut that in half for missing half of the season. And now you want to end up paying me $180,000 or $200,000 to go out and play baseball? great amount of money, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure that young players want to do that. The, the problem is, uh, by their March agreement, it says unless you are on an active roster, you do not get service time. And if you do not report, you're going to be put on the restricted list. So the players' backs are against the wall right now. Now, they do have one thing, at least, in their advantage, and that is the playoff format is not part of that March 26th agreement. Major League Baseball wanted to expand from 10 to 14 teams in the playoffs this year. If they don't have a deal with the players, there's absolutely no way that the players are going to okay a playoff expansion. And that's, you know, tens, hundreds, potentially millions of dollars that they would lose out on by having expanded playoffs. There's nothing else to really report. It's just it's just a conundrum. It, not even a conundrum. It's, it just doesn't. There's just no movement. It's just stagnant. They're just sitting there. It's a stalemate. Let's do this. Let's do that. No, no, yes, no, no, yes. Stalemate. Perfect word. Here we are. Here we sit. It's just lingering and floating like this black cloud over Major League Baseball. And we need some sunshine. And by that, I mean we need some games in an agreement. Let's get to it. It's the fourth day of June. We want to play in a month. We're going to get you set up for Brent Axe. Blockheads on the block next. He'll be on the air at 4 on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1.